Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. All right, welcome back to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. This is episode 37, and you can get everything we talk about in today's episode at everydayconversion.com forward slash BOM. 37. And I have to say, first off, I apologize that I didn't get an episode out last week. I was traveling earlier in the week. I was at a conference and I got back. And uh, to be completely honest with you, between when I got back got back Tuesday and Friday, the world seemed to kind of unravel. And I was, you know, I was busy. I was catching up with stuff on work that I hadn't got to. Um, plus, uh, I'm the, the president of our local soccer association, and we were monitoring the situation with the coronavirus very closely and trying to decide if we were postponing games, if we were canceling the season, what we were deciding to do. And we ended up canceling because uh, I live in Washington State, and all of our schools got um, shut down for the next month and a week or whatever, six weeks. So things have been a little bit crazy. And I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about um, was it COVID-19 or whatever they call it. But I will say this. I will say that I find it interesting, and, and I think it's amazing that we have prophets on the earth today. And I'm so very grateful for that because I believe that um, the leaders of the church have been inspired for several years now to prepare for this very event and to prepare for... Um, events like this, I, I certainly don't think as we as we get closer to the second coming. I'm not saying it's happening next week or anything, but uh, certainly every single day we are getting closer, just by the fact that we're a day farther along. Um, as we get closer, other events like this will happen, and I think it's amazing and and how blessed we are to have prophets and apostles that have put into place things like "Come Follow Me," uh, things like really emphasizing uh, home-centered, church-supported gospel learning. Uh, things like uh, ministering, things like the the children and youth program, all these things that have given us as parents and individuals the tools and ability to maintain our gospel study, maintain our testimonies and our faith, regardless of what happens. And you know, I, I appreciate the fact that we have a prophet who um, is wise enough, uh, first off, that knows the medical industry. Uh, certainly, I mean, you know, obviously it's a little bit different, you know, infectious diseases versus heart surgery, but he knows, he understands the the medical industry and he has connections um, <clears throat> and, and understands the, the terminology and the lingo much better than I do, certainly, that is leading us today. And 
I've, I've had many thoughts over the last couple of weeks uh, or the last week, really. I mean, the world is vastly different than the last time I recorded a, an episode, uh, which is crazy to think about. I mean, it was a week, week and a half ago, and the world is vastly different. But how amazing and wonderful it is that we have the gospel in our lives, and that we have prophets and apostles. And, you know, I personally believe that um, that this has been blown out of proportion a little bit, but in the same breath, I've had the thought that while I think it's been blown out of proportion, if President Nelson and the other leaders of the church felt it was necessary to suspend all church meetings, perhaps there's something more to this that I don't understand. And maybe I should take it a little more seriously. And either way, I'm so very grateful to have leaders that seek guidance and revelation from heaven. And grateful that, you know, I I have no doubt that they see things we don't see and that they recognize things that we don't recognize. And I'm grateful and I am willing to follow their counsel and their guidance. And if they invite us not to meet together, then there's a reason for it. And I'm happy to do that. I do have to say it was, it was really neat. Um, It was really neat yesterday to have a, a sacrament meeting in our home. You know, we live in a a part of the world where that's not a normal thing. We're able to gather with saints. I know in some parts of the world, that's a normal thing to have sacrament in your home each week with just your family and maybe a couple other members that live close. But for us, it's a new experience. And it was really, really neat. And it was very spiritual. And it was, it was, it was wonderful. And I've seen comments of people that, you know, uh, leaders and bishops that were insisting on having virtual sacrament meetings so they would know what was taught and all these things. And it's like, no, it's a home-centered gospel church, supported by the church. It was home-centered gospel learning. And, and how wonderful it was that we, we had this meeting, uh, that our bishop um, gave the approval for those who had the priesthood to provide the sacrament for their families. And I'm grateful to our bishop for doing that and for, for his leadership in doing so. And that I was able to bless and pass, prepare, bless, and pass the sacrament to my wife and to my kids. And what a wonderful experience that was. Um, and and how, how appreciative I was that I was able to do that and that my kids were able to see me exercising my priesthood because I live in a ward where I don't, there's enough members that I don't ever bless the sacrament. And certainly now that I'm in the bishopric, I don't. Uh, if there's need for someone to help bless it or pass it, it's not usually a member of the bishopric that does it because we're sitting on the stand. And so how wonderful it is to be able to utilize my priesthood and to exercise that and have my kids see that and experience that. And then, you know, we we watched the the recent video from President Nelson. Uh, we my, my son wanted to give a talk. And so he got his scriptures out and he read the first three articles of faith. That's what he wanted to do. And so we did that. You know, and we bore test, you know, bore some testimonies. My daughter shared a testimony. My wife shared her testimony. I shared mine, um, and how wonderful that was, and how sweet and spiritual it was. And we we sang some hymns, and uh, you know, just the amazing resources that we have to be able to pull up President Nelson's uh, uh, ta- or message from a couple days ago, and to watch that on TV, and to use the hymns app to be able to sing some hymns, you know, and have the 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 music with us and and all of those things and that we were able to do that was just wonderful. And the final thing I'll say is I look at it and I realize that, you know, twice 
well, I mean, now three times if you count this last month, but twice for sure, President Nelson between January and now has issued invitations. He has spoke directly to the members outside of general conference to invite us to do things. In January, it was to reflect upon the restoration and prepare for conference. Uh, he reiterated that recently with his video uh, titled Hear Him and inviting us to listen to the Savior and to hear his words and to hear what he has to say to us. And I think it's interesting that that seems to have accelerated right before this happened. And my view of the, the benefits of the restoration, you know, that's one of the things President Nelson asked us to think about is how have we been blessed by the restoration of the gospel as we prepare for conference? And my view of that has been vastly changed and emphasized in my life because of this pandemic, because of the things that are happening around us and the, the peace that I feel because I have a prophet that I can listen to. And, you know, the, the hand of the Lord that I've seen in preparing us for this, you know, like I said, through the children and youth program and come follow me and home-centered gospel learning and all these things, my view and, and how clear and emphatic it has made to me or it has been brought to my attention that I have been blessed in my life because of the restoration. It has been driven home so clearly to me. And how grateful I am for that and how that's completely changed the way I view, you know, my opinion of how the gospel has blessed my life, how the restoration of the gospel has blessed my life, how modern apostles and prophets have blessed my life is vastly different today than it was two or three weeks ago. And it makes me think about how Heavenly Father reaches out to us even through challenges and he brings to our attention. And I think that's one of the greatest blessings of this. You know, yes, it sucks that life has been greatly interrupted and it sucks that people are infected and that people are, are sick and that people have passed away from this. It, it's terrible. But one of the things, and I'll share this with you from my, my week weekend study. One of the things I realized, um, where was it? Um, oh, I was reading in, third Nephi. <clears throat> and I was, I was trying to find something that kind of addresses, you know, because the Book of Mormon is made for our day. So something that addresses how to, in, how to address these things. And I was reading in third Nephi nine, you know, right before the savior comes, the, the tempest and the earthquakes and the fires and the tornadoes and all these things that happen, the pestilences. And there's one phrase, third Nephi nine 21, it says, behold, I have come unto the world to bring redemption unto the world, to save the world from sin. And the thing that stuck out to me was, <clears throat> it's so important for us to remember that, that Christ's purpose is to save the world from sin. It's not to save us from challenges and trials. It's to save us from sin. And when we remember that, we realize that <clears throat> he can use things like this, uh, you know, pandemics and pestilence and, and trials and challenges to help us turn to him and repent and be saved from sin. <clears throat> he never promises that he's going to save us from trials and challenges and adversity but he promises that he's going to save us from sin. And we have to remember that and how he's reaching out to us. You know, that's the question I asked in my study yesterday. How is Christ reaching out to us through trials and afflictions? Um, and how, what a blessing that is uh, to realize those things. So anyways, those are my thoughts on uh, COVID-19 so on and so forth. Let's jump into Jacob 5. First thing I'll say about Jacob 5 is, I don't often use <clears throat> the Come Follow Me resources. I don't open the book very much uh, because I, I study on my own. If I have a reason to, I'll go back and, and review some of that stuff. 
but this week it's vastly important. And, and the reason is because if you look in this week's Come Follow Me materials, it breaks down the chapter into different periods of the world's history. So I encourage you to go look at that. You know, it says verses 3 through 14 are the scattering of Israel before the time of Christ. Verses 15 through 28, the ministry of Christ and his apostles, and it go on, goes on through those. And those are the two that I got through today. And then there's this amazing graphic, this amazing infographic that visually depicts every part of Jacob 5. And it is awesome. And there's a link to it in the show notes. Please, please go get it. Uh, look at it in your book, download it, whatever you need to do. If you don't have a book, you know, I link to it there so you can see it. But make sure you grab that because that was super helpful for me as I was studying today and, and reading through it. So I got through, like I said, I got through uh, Jacob 5.28, which is the first two periods. Um, it's right up to where it starts talking about the great apostasy. And there was a few things that really stuck out to me that I really, really liked. Um, the first was uh, Jacob 5.7. This is where it says, the Lord of the vineyard says, It came to pass the master of the vineyard saw it, and he said unto his servant, It grieveth me that I should lose this tree. Wherefore, go and pluck the branches from a wild olive tree, and bring them hither unto me. And we will pluck off those main branches which are beginning to wither away, and we will cast them into the fire that they may be burned. And that made me think of what the Lord tells Nephi when he is getting the plates from Laban. Um, where it says, Behold, the Lord slayeth the wicked to bring forth his righteous purposes. It is better that one man should perish than that, it, than that a nation should dwindle and perish in unbelief. And what I realized was, God is not going to allow our wickedness to influence others for too long. He, he will remove us. And that's what he's saying here. He's like, look, I, I'm not going to lose this entire tree. I'm going to I'm going to cut off the bad branches, and I'm going to cast them in the fire so that the tree can be saved. And I think that's important for us to remember, that the Lord is always going to make sure and prune and adjust and do all these things necessary to take care of the tree, of the covenant people, even if it means removing those things that are um, harming the tree. And I think that's important for us to remember. Uh, the next thing that I noticed was, you know, verses 8 and 13, it's, you know, how many times, you know, it talks about him removing groups, you know, taking branches and grafting them other places. You know, it's like the Jaredites, the Nephites, the Mulekites, and, and any other groups that have been led away. Certainly there have been others that we don't know about yet, but that have been led away so that they would not be influenced by the wickedness in Jerusalem, that they would not be influenced by the, the tree that was dying, that was bringing forth bad fruit. Um, <clears throat> let's see. <clears throat> so the biggest thing I noticed in these is in verses 22, 23, and 25. So if you look at the graphic, it says that there was four different branches that it mentions that were grafted in different places. And in 22 and 23, it talks about those that were grafted into poor ground. So 22 says the Lord of the, or, uh, 21, it says, It came to pass that the servant said unto his master, How comest thou hither to plant this tree or this branch of the tree? For behold, it was the poorest spot in all the land of the vineyard. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto me, Counsel me not. I knew that it was a poor spot of ground. Wherefore I said unto thee, I have nourished it this long time. And thou beholdest that it hath brought forth much fruit. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, Look hither, behold, I have planted another branch of the tree also. And thou knowest that this spot of ground was poorer than the first. But behold, the tree. I've nourished it this long time, <clears throat> and it hath brought forth much fruit. 
And that struck me because, you know, when we think of the parable of the sower and we think about, uh, you know, the, you know, Lehi's dream and the groups, like we think of the ground as being the most important thing, you know, the, the type of ground, the type of soil, you know, the parable of the sower, they say it could be the parable of the types of soil and it being the most important part. But then you come to Jacob five and it basically, the Lord says, it doesn't really matter what the soil's like. It doesn't really matter. It's brought forth good fruit. And even in the poorest spot, it's brought forth good fruit. And the, the little thing I realized was, regardless of our situations, regardless of our upbringing, regardless of how the deck seems stacked against us, Christ can make something of our lives. If we allow ourselves to be pruned, if we allow ourselves to be cultivated, he can make something of our lives. We can bring forth good fruit. And I realized that the, the determining factor is not the ground, meaning our circumstances in this instance. The determining factor is the one who cultivates, which is Christ. And no matter what happens in our lives, no matter what we come from, no matter how things are bad for us or the way we've been raised or the things we've been taught or any of those things, we can bring forth good fruit, period. And I thought that was interesting. I'd never thought of that. The Lord basically says, look, it doesn't matter how poor the ground is. If I cultivate it and it responds to that cultivation, it will bring forth good fruit, period, no matter what. And then in verse 25, we have the opposite. It says, uh, or 24 and 25, it says, It came to pass that the Lord of Vineyard said, unto this, unto, said again unto a servant, Look hither, behold, another branch also, which I have planted. Behold, I have nourished it also, and it hath brought forth fruit. And he said unto the servant, Look hither, behold, the last. Behold, this have I planted in a good spot of ground, and I have nourished it this long time. And only a part of the tree hath brought forth a tame fruit, brought forth tame fruit, and the other part of the tree hath brought forth wild fruit. Behold, I've nourished this tree like unto the others. And there's a few things there. First off, so now you have, you know, the poor ground, it brought forth good fruit. The poorest ground, it brought forth good fruit. The good ground brought forth some good fruit and some poor fruit, some bad fruit. And the Lord says, look, I did the same thing with this one that I do with every other one. I did the exact same thing. The first thing I noticed was he puts the same effort into every single branch. You know, he he loves everyone the same. He 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 takes care of us all the same. He reaches out to us the same. He tries to cultivate us, prune us, adjust, you know, help us any way he can. And yet some of it was bad. And so here, I think it's important to realize that regardless of the blessings that we have, uh, regardless of what Christ does for us, we have to choose to allow him to cultivate us. We have to be humble, we have to be teachable. And if we're not, it doesn't matter how good the ground is. It doesn't matter what advantages our parents gave us. It doesn't matter if our parents taught us the gospel and taught us to live uprightly. If we don't choose to do it ourselves, it doesn't matter. We will bring forth bad fruit. And so the two key factors that I got from these verses was one, Christ, that we have to, that, that he can make more of our lives than we can make of our own, than we can make on our own. And two, we have to allow him to do so. Those are the two key factors. It's not the ground. It's not our circumstances. It's not what happens to us. It's not the disadvantages we have or the challenges we face or any of those things. It's our decision to allow Christ to do something with our lives and Christ doing it. Those are the key factors, period. It doesn't matter beyond that. Those are the key factors. And I think that's, I've never seen that in these verses before. I'd never thought about that. I'd never thought about, you know, it's this juxtaposition of the value of the ground and the importance of it. 
you know, like I said, in the parable of the sower, the value of the ground, the, the type of ground, the type of soil is the most important thing. Because that the soil is us choosing to allow us to be cultivated. But in this parable, the ground is our circumstances. And it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter what we've been taught. It doesn't matter what we haven't been taught. If we allow ourselves to be cultivated, we will bring forth good fruit. But we have to make that choice. You know, it goes back to, let me see if I can find it here. Um Um, where is it? Which verse was it? Let me talk about that. Uh, Episode 25, which I'll link to in the show notes. You know, it's up to us to decide. Christ is reaching out to us. It's up to us whether we're going to accept him, if we're going to allow him to save us. It's the same thing here. If we allow ourselves to be cultivated and pruned, we will be, we will be, and we will bring forth good fruit. Because he can make something out of all of our lives, but we have to make that choice and how valuable that is to realize that. So you get the link to everything we talked about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash BOM37, including the link to that infographic from the Come Follow Me manual that I encourage you to look at as well as the breakdown of each of the verses. Um, It's really, really good. So thank you for listening and we will see you in the next episode. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.